I'm Eric Whitehill, and this is the Elementary Music Life Podcast, with thoughts about the process, the joys, the issues, and the fun of teaching general music. I'll also share stories, some practical teaching ideas, and hopefully some inspiration too, because I believe music teachers are changing the world. Episode 4, an essay I call Darkness and Light. I wrote this as a general music teacher who is struggling with online classes. I hope you can find something in it to give a little bit of hope. I woke up to find a text from a friend in a later time zone which read, Hey, how are your streaming music classes going? I was not quite awake, and before I could get my inner self to begin to construct an answer, my thumb sprang into action, typing, They're going okay, hanging in there one day at a time. I rolled my eyes at the emptiness of my automatic response as I got myself ready for work and made my way to my classroom. When I got there, I opened the door and briefly let myself imagine a colorful scene with dancing children and puppets, but soon it dissipated, leaving only the gray-toned negative spaces between my dusty instruments and the faint Fruit Loop scent of hand sanitizer. I wrestled with the lights. No matter how I configure the switches, the energy-saving settings only allow illumination if I wave my arms like an inflatable dancer at a used car dealership. And as I began opening tabs and resetting host controls, I thought about how I didn't really answer my friend's question honestly. And why can't they adjust these dang lights so they don't turn off on me all day long? But mostly about how despite outward appearance, and pithy texting. I was really struggling with nearly incapacitating imposter syndrome. What kind of music teacher can I be when almost everything that makes me special and unique as a teacher is presently off the table? Months of not being able to make any shared simultaneous sounds has taken a giant toll on me. This is because Online teaching doesn't feed my soul. I give and give and give, and ultimately I end up depleted. And it isn't because I don't know how to give and receive information digitally. I absolutely do possess the technical skill to put together a half an hour of theoretically functional streaming activity. I even recorded an episode about it on this very podcast. Obviously, I have some ideas. All these best-laid plans can work. Students can participate fully while muted. They can follow links in the chat box and attend to multiple tabs. They can, or perhaps more accurately, they could, if all the technology worked and each one of them was in a location free from distractions. <laughs> well, <laughs> of course, this has never happened. And today was certainly not an exception. I tried to stay on task while seeing the pantomime of multiple siblings and pets, even adults, vying for my students' attention. 
internet glitches disabling camera streams for 15 of the 23 boxes on my screen, MP3s and videos swirling endlessly in an eddy of buffering. I found myself at a loss. Soon, I lost my Wi-Fi signal and got booted from my own meat. And at that exact moment, my lights turned off. <laughs> I don't often swear, but the cinderblock walls of my empty, now dark classroom got an extra coating of colorful metaphors today. In many ways, the elementary music life is community building through shared experiences. Music class without this aspect seems to miss the point of even having it at all. It's like asking a math teacher to present the essence of numbers without giving students a chance to experience how they function in solving a problem. You can present the concept, but it doesn't capture their imagination and heart. I can certainly ask my students to clap ta and tt patterns with a bongo cat video in between bites of snack while endlessly twirling on an office chair. But compared to the joy and pride of a class working together in a drum circle to play in the pocket and create complex art greater than the sum of its parts, I, I can't even finish that sentence. <laughs> Don't even get me started about singing. I might just short-circuit my MacBook with the river of water flowing from my eyes. In the understatement of the century, this is a difficult time to be a teacher of any kind. Music teachers are especially compromised because we can't do the thing that we do best, which is to bring a community of humans together to help them feel seen and to make art. But all is not lost. As long as we can let go of lamenting the lost time for music content that simply can't happen right now. My sister Dottie once advised me that when eating gluten-free, that it was better to enjoy foods that are delicious and naturally free of gluten than to try to enjoy poor imitations of old glutinous favorites. Likewise, I know that I will be most effective when I do things in class that we can do well in live stream format, instead of exclusively trying to do poor imitations of what we did before COVID. Right now, in order to survive in pandemic times, I believe in my soul that our first priority as music teachers is to do whatever we can to help our separated and compartmentalized students feel seen and heard. Doing things more focused on connection and less concerned with meeting the state standards of music. My very talented friend Eric Young gave me some good advice that's making a giant difference. He suggested that I think of online music class like the student has invited me to their house. If a student invites their teacher to their house, what would they want to do? 
They'd want to tell you about their life there, show you their room and their elf on the shelf and their new Star Wars toy and their unicorn that you can put makeup on or whatever it happens to be. So he suggested that I do a share time, allowing the students to talk about these things and to be heard individually. So I do it now, every day, every class. I reserve the last 10 minutes for students to share. I have a few rules. They can share about whatever they want, but they're not allowed to turn on their microphone unless I say their name out loud. Other caveats include reminders that sharing is optional, that no one will be forced to do it, and that they must be brief and, of course, (laughs) school appropriate. I have to admit, once in a while I hold my breath. (laughs) Well, students treat it in many different ways. Some like it's a show and tell. Some like it's open mic night at the improv. Some share their activities like Julie, the cruise director on Love Boat. And others just fill space with (laughs) whatever random stream of consciousness that they're currently experiencing. I usually have about 15 or so in each class that want to share. It has worked wonders and changed the entire dynamic of class for them and for me too. I listen to them and usually ask one or two follow-up questions. They always light up like a Christmas tree when they see that I'm interested in whatever it is that they want to share. Sometimes I do have to direct traffic a little more firmly to prevent showboating, but by and large, they seem to really love these moments of connection. It isn't a substitute for making music together, but it definitely helps the students feel seen which is a concept that music classes do traditionally provide. It's also much nicer to change my rhetoric from no food, no toys, no pets, to something much more gentle and sustainable, like we're going to do music activities right now with your hands free. Please put your food, toys, and pets away until we can celebrate them together during share time. It was obvious to me that the whole culture of online music class changed once students have a way to connect. But I wasn't completely sure that it was good enough for teaching music class until last week when I received an email from a third grade boy. His letter ended with, You are awesome. You do stuff with us like being active but not sweating clapping and listening to music and stuff like that. I like that you let us talk and that you listen. A little burst of light in a cloudy sky. It's true that nothing we can do online will be better than what we could do in person. So stop stressing because you can't turn the tide of this one on your own. It's okay to feel down and disappointed during a pandemic time. But it's my hope that you can let this idea go. Celebrate that you're making it through a tough time and that you're doing the best you can. Look forward to how much more we will appreciate and treasure the time we have in person making art and shaping lives when it does come back. And most importantly of all, the time you spend 
helping your students to process this difficulty and the connections you build will last long beyond the pandemic. You are contributing to every child's post-pandemic success story. The missed standards will come. In the now, breathe and try to focus on every positive choice you witness and instigate. It may not resemble your previous achievements in teaching, but what we're doing right now is still the most important work in the world. Keep living the elementary music life and take care.